Welcome to another episode of Cultivate. This is a show about you and your journey in the cannabis industry. It's moving fast, but there's room for everyone. Buckle up as we bring you the people and the technology that are blazing the trail. Hi, it's Drew and Scott from Bovida. We have another exciting episode of Cultivate to share with you today. We're going to have a discussion with Rahim Dalla, a pharmacist from Ottawa, Canada, and Angelo Mascari, his general manager, about how hybrid farm is affecting patients' outcomes all over Canada. There's a gap in the cannabis industry to what uh, people understand and what they know about regular pharmacy. And there's a whole new revolution coming in the Canadian cannabis pharmacy. So we're going to share that with you today with our friends from Hybrid Farm. But before we do that, we're going to throw it to Lance for a quick two-minute industry update. Lance, let's hear it. Greetings, everyone. This is Lance Lambert from Bovida Inc. giving you your cannabis catch-up. This week in news, couldn't be bigger than this, the fact that it sounds like Mexico is going to be the third country in the world to legalize adult use, or what some refer to as recreational use cannabis. Now, Mexico is no stranger to this plant, dating all the way back to 1920, when they actually banned the production, sale, and recreational use of cannabis, later on in 1927, disallowing the exportation of cannabis as well. But move forward to recent years. Uh, You had in 2009, they decriminalized possession of small amounts of cannabis and other drugs in order to reduce illicit drug activity. Uh, Move forward again to 2015, when the Supreme Court ruled a small group uh, that goes by the name SMART, or the Society for Responsible and Tolerant Personal Use, would be permitted to grow and consume their own cannabis. Then in June 2017, President Nieto signed a bill into law to allow medical use of cannabis products containing less than 1%, very similar to what we see over in Switzerland. Now you have October 31st of 2018, when the Supreme Court ruled that the law prohibiting recreational use of cannabis in Mexico was unconstitutional. This, of course, put everything on its ear. And now, as of late, Olga Sanchez Cordero, uh, which is the interior minister in Mexico and a part of the new leftist nationalist government, has submitted a bill to Congress to end prohibition and start regulation as soon as within the next 90 days. So huge congratulations to Mexico. We saw the impact that Canada made on the world as a whole with respect to legalization and their ideology. We feel that Mexico is going to make a huge impact on that as well. So again, congratulations to our friends both north and south here on our continent for getting things going in the right direction. Again, this is Lance Lambert with Bovida, and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks, Lance, for that informative update. And now we're going to get to our interview with Rahim and Angelo from Hybrid Farm. Let's go. Today's guests are Angelo Mascari and Rahim Dalla. They are two wonderful gentlemen from Hybrid Hybrid Farm. So I want to get your bona fides out on the table um, so people understand why uh, you're so credible. And uh, the reasons why I think you're credible is because Rahim is actually a doctor. Doctor, how are you? Doctor of pharmacy. You're a pharmacist. 
Yes, I am. So our, t- our custom here is people go to the pharmacists and they trust the pharmacist to give them uh, the right uh, advice for their outcomes, their health outcomes. It's a huge trust uh, relationship between a pharmacist and a patient. Absolutely. We are, you know, the most accessible healthcare provider in the whole stream of healthcare. People walk into our pharmacy, ask me all kinds of questions. I'm able to answer them based on our knowledge and what I've done in the past, right? And I met Angelo years back, what I think it's been three, almost four years now. Um, Can't remember what trade show it was at. Probably a lift show, maybe. Yeah, definitely a lift. It's been it's been many lifts since, so they kind of all seem to blur into each other. But yeah, we met many moons ago. Uh, uh, same way I think uh, you and Drew meet a lot of people. As I walked by your booth and I heard that echo of "No more dry weed," which perked up <laughs> my antennas instantly. And that's uh, that's kind of the genesis of our relationship. And I think we've had a fantastic re- uh, relationship since. And you guys have been. Uh, a reason, one of the reasons I'm actually in this chair today. I mean, you've been a big influence on me. You've been uh, fantastic with just support, yeah, whether it be you know online or personal or, or product, and uh, it's been nothing but a pleasure. Awesome, yeah, Andrew. Can you give us a little background of what what you did in the past and and how you got to Hybrid Farm and what you do there? Definitely, I think I met you when I was working for National Access Cannabis, uh, another cannabis clinic here in Canada that has locations coast to coast. Um, so I uh, was lucky enough to start their kind of lift journey by, by setting up their booths and being the manager of the Ottawa location. After that, I uh, was lucky to work for an LP here in Canada called the Hydropothecary, so uh, a seed-to-sale cultivator of cannabis. Um, and not too much longer in that position is when I met my colleague here, Raheem, uh, which was kind of the genesis of, of, of Hybrid Farm. It was already his brainchild. And, I kind of gave him a few tips and pointers and, and I've learned a lot from him again, like Drew said, being in the pharma space um, because I am a former nurse's aide. So I've had the luxury of working in medical, but also now taking that medical experience to my other kind of passion, which is medical cannabis. And your credentials are you're a certified, help me out. You're a certified cannabis consultant you know i am um you hear the word thrown around a lot nowadays so take it with a grain of salt some people who have that certification it's well deserved and and it's been earned it's it's a bit of a badge of honor for others it's just been kind of gotten online or in a cereal box you know pardon the pun but i I am a certified cannabis consultant but i think the most important part is that i can coincide my medical experience and knowledge with um as much as i do consider myself a cannabis connoisseur or there's really no term yet. People are saying cannabis sommelier, which I'm not a fan of. I think we can make something new and, and exciting. Um, but yeah, to have that, that that coexistence with medical, I think is important. But uh, yeah, I am, uh, I am a certified cannabis consultant. But you've always struck me as a guy who's genuinely concerned about people. And that's one of the things I love about Canadians in general that are in this cannabis space is we have met some really smart, really qualified people that are coming from a place where they truly care about the patient. And uh, this is something we'll get to talk about towards the end of the podcast. Um, uh, but this whole patient-centered approach to cannabis normalization and legalization is a little bit different uh, from the the old school um, reefer madness, uh, getting high. It's more about getting healthy. And that's always been the underlying uh, ethic in the Canadian conversation. At least that's been my experience of Canadians. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Can you explain 
what sets uh, Hybrid Farm apart from other pharmacies and clinics around Canada? Yeah, for sure. I mean, most pharmacies you go in, you talk about medications, they're dispensing regular medications, regular things over, over the counter, your vitamins, your Band-Aids, your tampons. Hybrid Farm really kind of bridges the gap between you know cannabis and cannabis as a medicine with traditional pharmacy. And with Hybrid Farm, we are a compounding pharmacy. So what that means is we can actually take medications that don't exist on the market or not in certain dosage forms and make it into whatever the patient needs. So if you had a grandparent that can't swallow a tablet, well, we can make that into a liquid. If they can't take anything by mouth, we can make it a rectal uh, suppository. If they can't take anything whatsoever, this is when we start finding new ways, patches, creams, ointments. We can combine a lot of different things. So we're really bringing that concept into the cannabis world because we know cannabis is very individualized. We all know that. We all experience that. If we all smoke a joint right now, Skype-wise, we're all going to react differently to it, right? And that's the individualization of this medicine. And this is what we're really trying to bring forward. So just so people know uh, at the outset where to find you and where to contact you, can you shout out your uh, website and your handles for social so that we have that out early in the sh- in the podcast? Yeah, definitely. You can find us at hybridfarm.com. So it's H-Y-B-R-I-D. Uh, farm is P-H-A-R-M.com. Uh, we're all over social media. That would be uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, I believe for Instagram and Twitter, it's hybrid underscore farm. So there's that little nuance there. So walk me through. I, I, I know nothing about cannabis. I reach out through your website or uh, I contact you on the phone. What happens? What do we do together? Well, I think first it's important to have a separation. So we offer access to medical cannabis prescriptions here in Canada. Um, because recreation here is legal coast to coast, as people may not know in, in America. Um, you can buy recreational cannabis as a Canadian citizen at many storefront locations. All you need is a prescription, uh, sorry, your license or ID. But there's a separation here in Canada, and that's the kind of medical aspect of, of, of cannabis, and it's a whole different system. So we offer access to that system um, at a fee, but uh, we've created something unique in, in the sense of that fee incorporates a sit down with a pharmacist, um, which is unique to anywhere in Canada, nowhere else does that. So that includes things like medication checks, titration and dosing schedules. Um, the list goes on and on. We want to make sure they're using medical cannabis in the safe and most effective way possible. So if they are taking medications that do interact, and there are some that do, we are gonna make sure they're gonna dose them accordingly and give that schedule. So that's, that's really what was really unique about hybrid farm. And we also offer access at zero fee to people who are not naive to cannabis and just simply want access because I feel like there has to be that difference there. Someone like myself, I don't need to pay someone money because I'm well well versed in my cannabis use. So um, a lot of people are looking for things like grow prescriptions in Canada. Um, some provinces allow you to grow cannabis in your residence. Some provinces don't. So we help people who don't have access to help them facilitate that. Um, it's a pretty easy kind of system that we've created. We're quite proud of it. And with that comes an important thing that our pharmacy offers, which is a de-prescribing program. So we can help people use cannabis as a tool to help reduce their other synthetic medications. One thing I want to get your take on, have you seen, uh, or what are the effects of uh, recreational legalization have you seen on the medical market? Has there been a, a, a big impact on, on the medical side of things? Absolutely. I think more and more people are coming out of the cannabis closet. They're 
you know, going to friends, going to relatives saying, oh, this helped me for X, Y, and Z. So now they're coming towards us being like, can I take this with my medications? And this is where we're really helping them. So it, we had a patient come in the other day and she was saying, oh, I'm 75. I went to the recreational store and there was a lineup of 75 year olds. So they, they all, all turning to alternative medicine because they're not getting well treated with conventional pharmacotherapy. And the difference is too, like we're lucky to have a good relationship with the recreational locations where we are in Ottawa, like with one at least close to us and the fact that they're aware people are coming in and asking questions about medicine, but they can't answer those questions. So, you know, like, like I, I joke when I talk to the people, 15 year old me is ecstatic that these, these brick and mortars exist. Um, but the more serious side of it is, is where do people who want to consider a medication go to for, for proper access and answers? So, in regards to what recreation has done is, like Raheem says, has brought people out of the cannabis closet, but a lot of these people are, are still kind of left to their own fruition to, how do I take this medicine? When do I take this medicine? Should I even be taking this medicine? Because, you know, just because it works for your friends that you have bridge with once a week and they mention it's fantastic, it, it might not be for you. And especially if you're on something as simple as a blood thinner or blood pressure medication. So again, you know, Recreation is recreation, but if you want to treat it like a medicine, definitely come and speak to a medical professional. So what's the benefit of being a medical card holder or having the, the um, license in, in Canada um, in states that have gone recreational or adult use here? I'm a little hesitant to use the word recreational, even though everybody does. Um, but for people that have access to adult use without restriction, why, what's the big deal? Why would you bother to get a medical card? So there's, there's, there's many bonuses, right? There's, um, there's a lot of compassionate pricing options in Canada. And what that means is from a medical point of view, and this is only through the medical system, they really do try and treat it more and more like a medicine. So if you are a veteran in Canada, you're automatically covered for three and a half grams of cannabis, uh, quote unquote, free daily. And the reason is that adds up for them to acquire medical cannabis, perhaps in oil or capsule form in a concentrated form. Um, most concentrated cannabis oils in Canada are the equivalent of five or 10 grams of dried cannabis. So I just want to always make an asterisk of that because veterans used to have 10 grams a day of free coverage. And that was reduced, unfortunately, a few years back, which was unnecessary because again, people are kind of confused as to why does somebody need 10 grams of cannabis a day who's not understanding of how the medical system works. And that really reflects also in how you gain access. So, so here at the pharmacy, we can give you a blank medical prescription for your doctor. The issue is, and as a former nurse's aide, I know they're confused. When I say, when I say fill this out and your options are to take a box that says anywhere from one to five grams a day, and then for anywhere from 30 days to a full year, 365, as a doctor, are you telling me that I'm now telling my patient to consume four grams of cannabis a day if I tick that box? And the answer is no. It's just giving them access to order cannabis in Canada through a 30-day monthly ordering system. So now you're looking at four times 30. And that also carries over to what your legal carry limits are, which is another kind of, let's say, perk about the medical system. Every Canadian in Canada, coast to coast, can carry 30 grams on them at all times. But as a medical user, you can increase that carry limit depending on what your grams per day is. That also reflects on what you can grow more per household with your grants per day if you choose to go that route. Um, you look at things also, like tax. You know, there's also tax breaks too. You can also claim all your medical cannabis purchases on your year-end taxes and write them off 
some insurance companies now are starting to cover for mm -hmm. some ailments like MS, seizure disorder, cancer, chemotherapy-induced nausea, vomiting. So they, they're all starting to come into uh, the insurance companies are coming into play. There's seniors discounts and there's even some licensed producers that are doing the correct thing by giving pediatrics who require it almost 99% coverage as well. Um, I had a great talk with an LP this week and they're doing their best to only take on patients that have, I won't say proper insurance, but the proper kind of backings to kind of force their insurance to say, you're going to cover this cannabis regardless because this is, this is the way the future will be going. So if I don't have a card and I come to you, can you help me get a card? hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. You can see my nurse practitioner if you don't have a doctor who's kind of on your side. So we give you, we give you multiple options. So I can get the medical card or apply for it through you when I have the medical credential. Then we have had the, the conversation and you've gone through my medications and you have an understanding of what my pre-existing conditions are or whatever my other medications are that I'm taking. Correct. And, Correct. and then you advise uh, as to uh, what I should be taking. Yeah. We will give you like a whole dosing schedule. Like you should be taking, you know, 0.5 mLs once or twice a day at an increasing dose and adding different types of oils or different types of, you know, dosage forms. Like, for example, a lot of people don't know about THCA. Only a few LPs are making THCA oil, which can be a fantastic oil that doesn't give, gives for a lot of pain relief, a lot of, um, you know, seizure disorder, but it doesn't have that psychoactivity because it's not decarboxylated into the more active form of THC. Drew, there's something that you, uh, a phrase you've been kind of throwing around and in talking about in the office and with others. And, and what you've said is the cannabis in industry has largely sold its soul yeah. to commercialization. Can you talk more on that? So this came out of a conversation that I had with a trimmer out in California, a quick background. He and I were connected because he wanted to provide Bovida to his cultivators uh, because he knew that it was going to keep their cannabis in better shape going to market. But he said, I asked him, why did you get involved in cannabis in the first place? And he said, my wife had cancer and I wanted her to have access to medicine. And he said, this is one of the problems with the cannabis industry is Everything started from the premise of what's good for the patient. The, the states, and I believe this is true in Canada, correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a, an, an assumption that people were going to have a certain ability to do a, a, a number of plants at home for their own personal consumption. There was um, a, a, an idea that everything was based on serving the patient. Somewhere in the process with um, the various uh, uh, shifts in legislative uh, activity, the patient became less of a priority and the business became more of a priority. And so the, uh, the notion that, that the industry has sold its soul uh, is, is the idea that the patient's no longer at the center of the conversation. The patient is competing with commerce uh, to be uh, uh, relevant and so in a sense, every stakeholder in the process, not just the, you know, I'm, I'm not singling out Health Canada or the various regulatory bodies in the states uh, uh, for what they've done, but every stakeholder, the, the, the regulators, the, the distributors, the processors, the producers, the, everybody that's involved has in effect sold their soul. And the, and the evidence of this was 
when California went recreational last year, people that had medical uh, needs and had a pattern of, of consumption in the medical field, they were without product to be able to, I mean, it'd be the, for us, it'd be like going to the pharmacy to get something we've been prescribed for pain or for some ongoing situation. And you show up and they say, oh, we're out. Well, that never happens in in, uh, in a, a pharmacy here for a, a regular pharmaceutical drug. It's never like, oh, we're out and we're not going to have any for three weeks to a month. And did that happen? Did that happen in Canada as well when recreational came out? Did the did the patients get squeezed? Yeah, there was a you know it, it was a big push. There was a lot of uh, notoriety behind recreation coming. It was a lot to do with the electoral process here, as things mostly you know are unfortunately it was, it was all government related, but it happened right away, you know, because there was a big push for recreation. So what happened here is there was even like people who were trying to open locations uh, in certain provinces but couldn't, um, they simply couldn't staff or keep their, door, their doors open because there wasn't enough supply. And that's when LPs who, so in Canada, uh, most licensed producers have their recreational and medicinal kind of divisions. So end of the day, it could be the same product in just two different containers with two different names, really. And with a lot of recreation kind of being ramped up and ramped up and all these brick and mortars being open. And uh, again, if you look back at all the articles, it's all about supply and demand. Exactly that. Yeah. Like we had a lot of medical users coming in saying like, for some reason there, there hasn't been CBD oil available lately, or this one regular strain of cannabis that's been no issue for the past six months seems to be lowering. You look at things like price increasing increases too. And a lot of LPs are shipping product to the UK, to Europe. So end of the day, we as businessmen understand it's a business, but again, you nailed it, Drew. You've never gone into a pharmacy in your life and they've and they've told you that you know we're out of liquid Tylenol it'll be back in two weeks it just doesn't happen so if you want to treat something like a medicine people have to kind of put up or shut up and a reminder to the American listeners medical cannabis has been legal in Canada since 2001 and I think what, what drew going back to like where did they sell their soul for commercialism I think a big part of the medical and the reason why we're all here sitting talking about this and we all have jobs in this industry is because it all started on the patient. And the fact that recreational came, recreational access came out before medical access just kind of blows my mind. And when the government wants to, you know, talk about like health safety, patient safety, society and safe, and they keep mentioning those type of same words. Well, wouldn't you make sense to have a safe access to medical cannabis from someone that's qualified, such as a pharmacy or pharmacist. It just, this is where a lot of people went towards the rec side first and then medical patients are left in the back. So the way it works now, if like you say your grandma, grandparents, aunt, uncle, they would have to go online, pick through a big menu of different strains of products, put it in the shopping cart and wait for it to get delivered. Now you have Canada Post going on strike. Now you have all these things. Like it's just just a big mess. Like it's, there's no access. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a you know. We know the term. It's a bit of a cluster. <laughs> dot dot dot. So <laughs> so not to confuse things, confuse things. But if I if we decide that that I use these three things that are recommended by uh, Hybrid Farm, what um, do I pick them up from you? Do I get them from you directly? So in Canada, a medical cannabis user normally has their cannabis delivered to their residence. Um, what we do here is because we can be considered a caretaker as a pharmacy and pharmacist is they have the option to have it delivered here as well, which is then how we can manipulate set product. 
Um, so again, it really comes down to who needs it and who doesn't. Obviously, there, there would be additional compounding services to compound cannabis, but another great example is um, a product called Decarb, only available right now from 1LP. What that is is consider green-looking sand. They take cannabis, mill it to a fine sand-like substance, and then cook it so it's activated. That's a product that we can compound into exact dosing forms into a capsule and then take that and put it into what's known as a dose set. So for a senior who has to be reminded to take their medication, they just open their Monday to Friday with their preloaded cannabis capsules in there. And that to me is treating it like a medicine and really kind of cutting through some of this tape that's involved. You know, someone like myself who has been self-medicating my whole life, I can know that my journey was difficult from a teen to, to my 20s to my 30s. It's always changing. So I can only imagine someone who is 60, who's finding success, but then comes to us again, a lot of the stories, uh, I'm, I can't afford it. My licensed producer has been out for two to three weeks. So instead of me being able to say, okay, well now let's go from Advil to Tylenol, like you would with a pharmacist to discuss many medications, we have to sit down and do paperwork. I have to send it to a new LP. She has to wait three to four days to get registered. This is very discouraging for someone who wants to try a new medication. Well, and what you're suggesting is uh, being able to give someone a tablet. You're you're overcoming a generational stigma by handing somebody a tablet and allowing them to treat it just like any other medicine. Yeah, exactly. Even okay. some patients that are um, in nursing homes, long-term care homes that can't administer their bottle of oil, we can actually individualize the unit dosing for them and put like one ml in like 30 different units and then give that to the nurse or the caretaker who can administer it very easily. So with like, again, taking simple concept that we use in pharmacy, bring it to the cannabis world because this is what is a medicine. Like, so I want to finish the loop on the uh, selling our souls uh, uh, analogy. I want to close the loop on that because there's good news at the end of any process where uh, you've sold your soul. Um, the good news is you, the uh, redemption. You can buy back your soul. It's like at the end of any good uh, drama, you know, the, the, uh, the, the redeeming uh, activity would be like, let's just think out loud together. I mean, what if we formed a, a movement that said every stakeholder in the cannabis industry were to donate some fractional amount of their productivity to uh, make uh, cannabis available in a whole variety of formats to terminal patients at, at no charge. Um, that would be a, a, a sea change, a shift back to what the original ethic was about, you know, you talk about compassionate care in Canada and a way to accommodate people that uh, don't have the means or truly deserve to have uh, access uh, uh, for their terminal situation. Uh, I agree. And, you know, I, I got to give kudos to, to most LPs who do really consider themselves a medical licensed producer. There are many that are doing fantastic studies with universities coast to coast, working with charities, working with pediatrics. I mean, as much as it is making our jobs daily very difficult and frustrating, but at the same time, it's a challenge that we wake up looking forward to every day. We're well aware that there has to be trials and phases and this and that. Like we're, we're not naive to any of that. We're, we, we understand that this is the genesis of something new. So, I mean, there are opportunities for LPs to really who want to and not all have 
too, because some might just want to stay in the recreational world and more, more, more power to them, right? But those are the ones that when a patient calls, remind them that you are a customer service agent, you know, not a medical professional. So those little reminders and the, those are the kind of things that we are here for is we're that little devil on the shoulder to say, you know, don't forget, don't do X, Y, and Z. And, and it's, it's really up to the individual LP. I have faith in the system that people will start coming around and doing their best. And, you know, we are the type of organization that if you do have questions or concerns or how you can contribute, how we can move forward, we're always open for that conversation. We just did a great panel talk with Epilepsy Ottawa here last week. We've been lucky enough to talk with the Ontario Pharmacists Association. People are coming around, but unfortunately, as you guys know in the States, which is even more restrictive, there's a lot of red tape to get through still and a lot of people who are still naysayers, unfortunately, at the end of the day. So if if you're a medical patient and you come um, to you guys, how do you recommend what LP to go to? Because I know some places are actually owned by LPs, so they're only recommending their products. But in my eyes, that limits the patient from uh, going somewhere that might have a better option for what's going on and what they need to treat. We work with every LP coast to coast. And what that means is that just like that individualized medication, that's what it breaks down to. Um, like Raheem mentioned, there's only two licensed producers, I believe two at the moment, that offer THCA oil. Um, and perhaps that patient is also a senior or a first responder. You know, I have to see our job as medical professionals, put cannabis aside, is to make sure that you are taking the medication that suits you best as an individual. So unfortunately, the silver bullet method from pharma doesn't play well with cannabis. But that's why I've been lucky enough to meet someone like Raheem who can recognize that. You know, in a perfect world in 10 years, when you come to our compounding pharmacy, you can select from not only cannabis over the counter, but if we can start to manipulate individual phytocannabinoids, individual terpenes, making everything more individualized, that's when things will really turn around. So on on your website, the three sections are access. We talked about that as far as getting your medical card and then having this intake where you do the evaluation to understand where people are. And then your other two sections are educate and inspire. And I noticed that uh, next week you're having an event for naturopathic doctors, Cannabis 101 talk. Can you can you tease that a little bit so we give people a reason to pay attention? <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, so naturopathic doctors in Canada right now are not allowed to write prescriptions for cannabis. And I think that should really change. So we're here to educate and help them get a better understanding of how the cannabis system works and as well as even the endocannabinoid system, how they can incorporate this into their practice because most patients are going to their naturopaths versus the regular MDs and asking about cannabis. Is this going to be right for me? So we're really, uh, we're hosting a session here June 13th from 6.30 to 8.30 at, uh, at the farm. And we're basically just hosting a bunch of naturopaths. So connecting with the community. That's awesome. And you also had a section where people can actually join the hybrid farm community and become a part of your uh, family, so to speak, in terms of being in the, in the know about uh, what's happening in the industry. Yeah, our, our, our blog is called The Buzz, uh, pun intended. You can sign up anytime to our newsletter. Um, it, it'll be more a little more active in the future as we have been a little busy, um, kind of focusing on more on pharmacy and other things. But we do a lot of events too. Um, we doing some upcoming cooking with cannabis events, some vape 101 events. Um, again, we talk to uh, other pharmacists. It's really about incorporating cannabis into your life as one of many tools. Um, 
Our in-house holistic health coach has fantastic recipes available online. Um, in the summer, you can expect our acupuncturist again for uh, tongue and pulse diagnoses, things like that, really kind of taking things full circle. So it's really like incorporating lifestyle modification into you know, your, your healing, into your medications, because it's not just about taking a pill or a cannabis or anything. It's not just about one thing. It's about the 360 approach, and that's where we can really help drive that with our community. Right. So if there's a, a listener that's out there and they think that medical cannabis could be of benefit to them after hearing all of this, what would you recommend as next steps? Have an open and honest conversation with your doctor. It might be a challenge. It might not be something you are looking forward to, but that is the first step. You have to keep in mind that as, as a med- like for medical professionals, this is the first time in history that something has been not only a medicine, but a recreational product. And that, that's mind-blowing. A lot of doctors, their answer to their patients is, well, why would I write you a prescription if you can just go down the street and get it? Because they're not going to get the proper guidance that they need, and that's not treating it like a medicine. And you know what? If I was a 70-year-old doctor on my way to retirement, I understand that I could not care less about learning something new. You know, I've done my time. But really, it starts with an open and honest conversation. And if not with your doctor, maybe with some friends or someone who you feel comfortable with. I use a mantra in my patients, which is called the beauty and curse of cannabis. And it's just that the beauty of cannabis is that you, for the first time, are in control of how you medicate. For a lot of people, that is that is a very, very, you know. Um, What's a, it's a break. It's a breakthrough. But the curse for a lot of people is just that they have to experiment. You don't hear the word experiment on the pharmaceutical side because everything is a set dose, right? Take this, finish your, finish your medication, take it with this meal, don't drive. And that's what, if, if we, if we can start these conversations, we can explain that to people that, um, you know, there's still a lot of that reefer madness going on. So the biggest thing to, to remember is, uh, there's a lot of stigma still, and this is where doctors can't get over. There's not yeah. enough evidence-based medicine. There's no trials. There's no data. There's, but at the end of the day, there, there is one major, 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 major point of data is that cannabis has never killed anybody. There's a zero mortality risk rate with cannabis. So why give an opioid that, or benzodiazepine that we know has actual data to support that it does cause death when we can replace it with something that is actually a lot more safe? There's something called polypharmacy, and that's when people are on a certain amount of medications that are just basically far too many. It's five and Polypharmacy is usually five or more medications, and this is very, very common. In Canada, one out of four patients are using more than five medications. And when you start increasing your load, you start increasing your side effect risks. You start increasing your disease to um, drug interactions. So cannabis is actually helping that. And we see this within hybrid farm and within our clinic setting is that patients are coming off medication and patients are reducing their medication load. So this is a polypharmacy drug, so to speak. One of our best-selling I don't want to say best-selling products, but I mean, it is a product is, is, is a one-to-one suppository that's used for women who suffer from endometriosis and or vulvodynia or even just painful menses. And that's something that can be taken with no psychoactive effect with fantastic benefits in regards to pain relief. And, you know, in, in your side, in, in, in the States, Whoopi Goldberg is very well known for a very similar product, right? Um, but that's, that's, that's where we see the future going. And that's why we're happy to be here, even though it could be a daily struggle. The thing is having clarity for your patients. So, you know, uh, people know me on Twitter a lot as Smoke the Stigmas, and I'm very vocal there because an example is I had somebody come to me last week whose current pharmacy is only dealing with one licensed producer 
charging them $100 every three months to come see them and making them pee in a cup and feel like a criminal. And that is not the way that we should be going about this. So there's my small little rant for you guys. But I mean, there's a lot of opportunity moving forward to make some positive changes. And like anything else, it's just going to take time. So if there's any uh, Americans listening that have medical cannabis legal in their state, we are actually more than more than happy to come open a hybrid farm in your area because that's that's our goal is to have this kind of all throughout North America. Well, there has to be a limit to what you can do with resources in in Ottawa. I mean, you, you can handle a certain number of, of patients in a or or of inquiries uh, with the the people power that you have. So you're going to have to uh, duplicate yourself in other marketplaces to in in order to satisfy the demand. Because as more and more knowledge, and what you really are offering is knowledge. You're really, you're really offering a level of intelligence about the plant and about its application that isn't really readily available in anywhere. That's what I find so exciting about what you guys are doing. You're, you're filling a really important gap between this mystery about, uh, uh, I know cannabis is supposed to be good because everybody's raving about it and talking about it, but where's the evidence? Where's the, where's the experience? Where's the, as you say, the evidence-based um, experience that we can duplicate with, just like they do in regular medicine. That's all, tr- that's all been a result of trial and error over a lot of years, uh, uh, you know, experiment and, and re-experiment over and over again on the guinea pigs of, of patients. I mean, this is what's happened in the medical community. It's no different with cannabis and we shouldn't think it's going to be any different, but we're starting to have a level of experience and collective understanding where there's, there's actually a body of evidence that you can rely on. Right. The, the New England Journal of Medicine did, did publish something a few months back on CBD and its applications to Gervais syndrome, which is a very harsh form of epilepsy and is very positive. And that's something that we refer to when we do our medical talks and we, we stress to our, our, our associates to, to, to research that. Or you look at the uh, World Health Organization who just deemed CBD fine for a lot of sports organizations, right? You look at um, Ice Cube owns that, uh, N- uh, not NBA, that basketball franchise known as the Big Three. And they made that big announcement last year as the first to kind of officially be like, not a problem, it's fully accepted, right? And it's not the NBA, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, a, it's a side subsidiary, but it, it's something, it, it's progress, right? And, uh, There's a big blog on our, on, if you go to our website, in our blog section, there is something talking about CBD and concussions and it relates to like the, the sports organizations and how it affects on like CTE and traumatic brain injury. And so it's really, really interesting. And that's written by Raheem himself. Awesome. Well, we're, we're going to make those links available through our social media and through our website blog. So we're, we're going to, Scott, do you want to tell people how to connect with Bovida? Yeah. So you can reach Bovida obviously at bovidainc.com or on all of our social platforms at Bovida Cannabis. Shoot a hashtag, Ask Bovida, and we will hopefully answer it on here or in an email. It's it's really been a privilege to talk to you guys today. I think we could do this again and again and get into some more fine tuning and real specifics about what your experience has been. Love to have a conversation about the miracles that have happened, the things that you have witnessed, and because I find that to be what's compelling for me. I go to all these cannabis shows. I meet all these vets. I meet a lot of people that have have uh, gotten off of opiates, which is. Uh, a subject that's near and dear to my heart, people finding recovery from addiction and the role that cannabis and, and uh, components of that plant and how they have affected people's ability to be free. 
One thing I think we should do is is come back a year from now and shoot another podcast and see where everything is at. If these guys will even be available. I mean, they'll probably we probably wouldn't be able to get through to them on the phone at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw that <laughs> wink, Angelo. <laughs> we do exciting things with base compounds and terpenes. So we just released a product this week here at the pharmacy. It's called Muscle Ease. It's a combination of magnesium and menthol, which you find in any pharmacy, but also two terpenes, which you will not find anywhere else in a pharmacy. And the reason why we have these two specific terpenes, and I won't say what they are, you're going to have to call us or come in to find out, is that from a pharmaceutical point of view, Raheem is is really changing the game and what we can do with individualized applications. So that's a conversation we're always looking forward to having in the future. So thank you guys again. From, from Personally, from the bottom of my heart, you guys have been nothing but fantastic companions along this cannabis journey these past few years. And if and there's anyone in Ontario or Ottawa that wants to talk uh, about this fantastic product, I always have some available here, some samples, some stuff. I mean, it's really changed the way I use cannabis. So again, thank you guys. Well, yeah. we, we care a lot about people who care about a lot about people. So... You guys, you guys are living it and you're showing up big in a marketplace to say, hey, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be mysterious. We can walk through this together. Your hearts are in the right places. Your, your heads are in the right place. I mean, it's, a, it's awesome to meet people like you and uh, we are going to have fun watching uh, your practice grow. And uh, we'll look forward to having uh, success stories about how people's lives have been changed because of what Hybrid Farm is doing. So thanks very much for being with us today. Where can people find you again, Angelo? Hybridfarm.com. They can find us um, on uh, Hybrid Farm on Facebook, Hybrid underscore Farm on Twitter and Instagram, and also on LinkedIn, Hybrid underscore, uh, hybrid underscore Farm. Uh, YouTube page is a little quiet right now, but we're all over the place. Again, search for that hashtag from plant to patient or pharmacied or pharmacery. We're all over the place, guys. Dr. Rahim Dalla and Angelo Muscari from Hybrid Farm. Thank you very much, guys. Another great interview. Love Angelo, love Rahim. They've been good friends along the way. Drew, what did you think? Um, I love Canadians. Um, There's a spirit about about the people that are in the cannabis industry in Canada. I mean, uh, one of the things that Angelo didn't talk about was he was with uh, Team MD. And you'll remember one of our original or our very first podcast was interviewing Melissa Ralston from Team MD. Uh, There are a bunch of people in Canada that are are just so sincere and passionate and in their commitment to helping people overcome the issues that they're facing medically and psychologically and addiction wise. And it's just to me, it seems like Canadians a lot of times are so much farther ahead than we are. So it's almost like we're getting a chance to look into the future and see what's coming. Uh, and we can benefit by their experience and their knowledge base. And, and it's going to help us that much more here in the States. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to have these conversations with such committed, sincere people. We've established that, that the cannabis industry has largely sold its soul. What can we do? as businesses, people in the industry, connoisseurs do to redeem, to redeem that? Well, first thing is apply your imagination to what's possible. I mean, if we decide that we're going to form some sort of a a charity or a a organization that's going to serve people, 
that are in a position to not be able to afford or to be really desperate for cannabis therapies, um, we, we could find a way to do that. We could find a way to get people to uh, have just a fractional portion of their proceeds go into a pot, no pun intended, <laughs> and uh, serve people. Uh, because there's a lot of people that get left in the, uh, in the dust uh, when an industry takes off and there's all that wonderful commercial energy. I'm not in any way deprecating uh, profits or, you know, these companies that, that have built and are really experiencing uh, dramatic growth. I'm not taking anything away from that. But we got to remember the little guy. And the other thing, um, going back to my love of Canadians, the one thing that really stands out is they have made it very clear that we are all in this together. And that if we stay together and if we work together towards the best outcomes, uh, we're going to really have great results. And if we don't, we're going to crush each other. So um, as, as, as Americans, what can we do to take next steps and actions to, to put this into place? I don't think anybody intended to have it work out the way that it did where the recreational market would come live in California and suddenly patients are going to pick up their prescriptions and they can't get it. I mean, nobody intended to do this. The regulators that have held things up in California, they didn't set out to thwart the progress of the farmer in California. They're just trying to do their job. But actions have unintended consequences. And we've got to be more circumspect about how we do things and how we you know, discuss things and vet things before we rush out and push the button and, and uh, create new regulations. I mean, there's a lot more that can go into the preparation and people can be more conscious of others. I think that might be the fundamental underpinning of this whole conversation is if we truly cared about each other, we would act in a specific way. Right. Again, thank you for listening to Cultivate. It's been another fun episode. If you have questions or want to find us online, bovidainc.com or on our social channels at Bovida Cannabis, hashtag ask Bovida. We will either answer that right there on the spot or in an email or maybe even on this podcast. Keep it fresh. Thanks for being with us.